0: America's live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. What are you so upset about over there on the way? You're Cup?
1: supposed to dress up. This guy never dresses up. I thought we came to a compromise. I wanted to dress up, I had my Captain America outfit on. I, I was in no, no 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 no. Just something hot theme. What's your mm.
0: theme? I'm sorry. Uh, why don't you tell us what you are wearing because it does look like a cool shirt there.
1: What do you think it is, Seb? You got me all riled up now. This is this is Ronaldinho. This is Ronaldinho. Dinho, Dinho, which Dino. is a I- Liga idol. Uh Very cool.
0: Uh, by the way, we need more clothes for Qatar, people. We are going to be doing shows every single day live on ESPN Plus from Qatar for the World Cup, so we need more gear. All you, right, if you, you have cool soccer gear, you didn't uh, get a shipment. Us. Uh, yes, I'm starting to get some shipments. I'm I'm very happy. Are you starting to get your shipments?
1: I got a Prada shipment. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, oh, oh all right. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and of course, we are still on YouTube, by the way. So if you're on the ESPN oh, FC YouTube? YouTube channel,
1: let me get hit us up peaches. in
0: the uh, comments with my people. We'll see what you have to say, and we'll uh, we'll maybe read your read your comments here on the show. All right. Uh, coming up, we got a lot to get to. Raquel Rodriguez uh, is going to join us. She's of course a midfielder for the Portland Thorns. Now the NWSL champions after they yes. beat. Kansas City Current over the weekend. Speaking of new champions, we have a new champion down in Mexico, Pachuca, your Liga MX champs. Mauricio Pedrosa going to join us to discuss that, as well as some controversial comments from Edson Alvarez, who has mm. been linked to some of the uh, biggest clubs in the world over the last couple of weeks. We've got the latest U.S. men's national team injury news. Sorry. Uh, the good news, we have the latest U.S. women's national team roster drop ahead of their two games uh, against Germany coming up in November. But let's start with Major League Soccer's playoffs. The Conference Finals, Herc, this weekend will start in the East, even though it was the uh, second game on Sunday at Subaru Park. 15 minutes in and Philly thinks they have their lead, but wait a sec, the offside flag up, Herc.
1: Yeah, in an offside position, go on to the next. Look at this beautiful play. It actually starts with the goalkeeper. starts with Sean Johnson. It's like seven, eight touches. Maxi Morales! Frasquito, he's going to take care of this. Just good little interchange, spacing, layoff, and then the finish. My man's 35 years old. I believe that was a third, third of his playoff right there, this run.
0: 57th minute, New York City up 1-0 through Morales. 60th minute, nearly
1: 2-0. Andre Blake, what a save. What's, what's Alexander Collins doing there? And what a ridiculous save by Andre Blake. Philly. Oh, finding no. their equalizer from the set piece. Oh no. Garanza 1-1. Is... One, one. They're actually making a sub here, sub, and they fall asleep at the wheel. Garanza takes advantage. Good little ball, but how about this ball by Garanza? Seb, look at this on a platter.
0: Daniel Gazdag hammering
1: home and just like that, Philly on top, 2-1. To Herc. I mean, 2-1 in a matter of minutes, emotional turn, and then when you got it, you got it. Corey Burke, look at this. Beep, beep, el chample. Give it to el chample. And it just rifles it in. It was over before New York City even knew it. Corey Burke, the sub, off the bench and onto the score sheet
0: as Philadelphia wins 3-1. Let's get some post-game reaction from Philly manager Jim Curtin.
2: You know, I think the play that changes the game is is actually uh, Andre's save to, to keep it at 1-0. Um, that's what big players do uh, in, in these types of games. You need your best players to be your best players, uh, not to oversimplify. But I thought Andre's save um, kind of catapulted us to uh, our next couple goals. Uh, and then when we score in quick succession like we did, um, you know, it, it really deflated a, a really good quality New York City team that, that knows how to win. Right?
0: Jim Curtin there with the words as Philadelphia is headed to their first ever MLS Cup in their 13th season in Major League Soccer. Not their first final. They have been to three Open Cup finals, of which they have won none. So there we have Philadelphia Union and Jim Curtin into MLS Cup. Herc, the Union dominating New York City FC. What was the key to Philly's big win?
1: Yeah, I'm actually glad that we're going to give Philly their flowers. I've been trying to, and you've been such like an opposer to finally give them Philadelphia Union the credit they deserve. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe you would ask me, like, what was the key? Like, it's a surprise they won. They've been the best team in the Eastern Conference all season. No, 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 no. The last two seasons, this should be of no surprise. And Jim Curtin said it right there. I mean, when most teams would be broken at home to have the defending champion score on you, What happens? Big save, Andre Blake. They react. And two goals in quick concession. This is a mentally strong team. Mentality of a champion. They never broke, and they struck hard when they needed to. And then there was emotional paralysis for New York City FC. And then they just fed off that crowd. That atmosphere was unlike an atmosphere that I've seen in Major League Soccer for quite some time. Nobody can say this isn't a deserved final for Philly. Regardless of what you, whatever you want to say, Seb, because I know you're opposed to Philly and their style of play. They deserve to be there.
0: No, 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 no. If, if anything, my hate for Philly comes strictly from the fact that I'm from D.C. There's a naturally uh, a rivalry there. I would tell you this, Herc. Actually, and this is Maybe the greatest compliment that I can pay Philadelphia. As a D.C. United fan, the Philadelphia Union are what you wish D.C. United was. If you're not going to spend what? big money have an identity, have an academy that you use, but also be very smart with your signings. That's the true key here uh, to Philadelphia. Is, is there a very well-built team, Herc? And beyond that, they're a very well-managed team. If you look at the subs that were made in this game, each manager only made two changes uh, in this game. For, for Curtin, he's got to take Bedoy off, right? Because yeah. he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, and he puts in Jack McGlynn from the academy. Uh, Other than that, Corey Burke is the only other change he makes. But he brings on Burke at the 62nd minute. And when do the goals fall? Uh, 65, 67, and 76. So clearly the changes that Curtin made were the right changes. Cushing's changes, Nick Cushing's changes, to the opposite. He makes two subs. You mentioned the Keaton Parks changes happening as the goal falls. right? So 65th minute sub. You bring on a defensive player. Immediately you get scored on. Uh, and then his other goal is to take a center back off, or his other sub, to take a center back off in the 78th minute at 3-1. At that point, it's pretty late. So to me, uh, Jim Curtin gets a lot of the credit here. But, Herc, if I were to play devil's advocate, you if you're go. a New York City fan. there you go. Right? If you're a New York City fan, how must you feel after this? Because your team was up 1-0, on the road, conference final, 30 minutes to go. Do you think New York City not just blows that lead, but falls apart in the way that they did, you pointed it out when you were talking, if they have Tati Castellanos and if they still have Ronnie Dial as their manager?
1: Probably Honestly. not, but they don't. And they also didn't have Thais Magno there, so take that for what it is. You're lucky to be there, and I say this with the most respect to New York City and what they've accomplished in this playoff run, but you lost to a better team. You lost to a team that had the goalkeeper of the year, the defender of the year, that had the coach of the year, and should honestly have the MVP, or an MVP candidate in Gazdag, and he wasn't even nominated, but you lost to a better team with better elements, who knew how to manage the emotions. There's no shame in that. Uh, There's no harm done there. You did what you could against a better team. It happens. You fall asleep at the wheel like they did uh, off a substitution. uh, Your back line gets beat. Carranza ends up scoring a goal. Just like that, everything changes. That's what good teams do to you. In an instant, if you switch off, they make you pay, and Philly did that.
0: Uh, one final point on Philly we think of them as this play the kids team. McGlynn, I think, is the only Academy product that touched the field in the conference final. A lot of the players that are huge for them, Gazdok's probably the best example, are just good signings. They're really good MLS signings. You've got 22 goals for less than $600,000 for Daniel Gazdok, Sam. and there's four or five guys on the Philadelphia Union roster. Uh, that, that fit that profile. Like, it's not just Academy kids, Herc. They, they nail their international signings uh, as well. So
1: Philly, Philly said goodbye to the draft, the MLS draft. Mm. And the goalkeeper they have was from the MLS draft. They've knocked it out the park and everything they decided to do.
0: Yeah, uh, Ernst Tanner gets a, a lot of the credit there for the Philadelphia Union. How about a new installment of Borderline Red, Herc? Again, it's the... PHILADELPHIA LOCAL NEWS MEDIA Uh GETTING IT WRONG. THIS TIME THE GRAPHICS DEPARTMENT SAYING THE UNION ARE ADVANCING TO MLS WORLD CUP. Er, ALL
1: RIGHT, IF YOU WORK IN TV, IF YOU WORK IN REGIONAL, LOCAL, WHATEVER YOU WANT TO CALL IT, EVERYBODY KNOWS SOMEBODY WHO'S PLAYED THE GAME OR KNOWS OF SOMEBODY WHO KNOWS ABOUT THE GAME OR EVEN HAS FIFA or whatever it's called nowadays in this video game world for you gamers, you cannot get this wrong. But if you do get it wrong, welcome to Football Americas.
0: And look at the Philadelphia Union. They're playing along on social media, on Twitter, saying, we want all the cups. Reminiscent of when the uh, Chicago Fire we're also gonna win the World Cup, right? What about the Western Conference? LAFC against Austin, Bank of California Stadium. 27 minutes in. Brad Stuver misplays this one, but LAFC can't capitalize.
1: Yeah, Bawanga doesn't see Chicho Arango there, tries it himself, but then Carlos Vela, Chicho Arango finds it again. It's Chicho Arango. I mean, what can you say about this man? Keeps on scoring. Good ball from Carlos Vela, but just around his player and goal. Jite never had him. Arango,
0: the Colombian, making it 1-0 in the 29th minute. Again, no Gareth Bale in this one for LAFC. No problem. Another corner from Vela. Another goal. This one, an own goal off Maxi Ruti.
1: Yeah, it's a killer ball in. Maxi Ruti just comes on as a sub like a minute before that. Never saw it off his face and in.
0: Five minutes later, Austin threatening Diego Fagundes into the box. He goes down.
1: Seb, Kirk. Seb, that's Seb, that's a PK. That's a penalty kick right there. I mean, listen, you still got to make it, uh, but the game gets competitive 2-1 in the 70th minute. I don't know what Villarreal sees right here. No call.
0: No penalty. 81st minute. LAFC looking for a third. They find it through Apoku.
1: Why is this kid on the bench? Do not keep this kid on the bench. And this is just knowing the field. The, the, the field was hard. It was bouncy a couple of times. The back line, Austin had no idea how to handle that. LAFC did, made him pay. It should have been a lot more.
0: LAFC rolls. Final score, 3-0. Here's Steve Chirondolo.
1: We're excited to be in the MLS Cup final. Um, that was our objective. And um, I think
2: the guys did an emphatic job of uh, making sure it was only one team playing here uh, next Saturday. Um, it did, uh,
1: I think, the best I've seen this year of them implementing our match plan um, from the first minute to the end. Very proud of the guys tonight. and um, uh, But um, what I experienced in the locker room is still hunger and, and uh, want for more. And uh, we'll keep the level of focus as high as possible for another week. And um, hope to have a similar press conference next Saturday.
0: LAFC going to host MLS Cup. Not a long list of Supporter Shield winning teams that have gone on to win MLS Cup. In fact, this is the first time since 2003 that the top seed in each conference has reached the final. Back then, there were only 10 teams in MLS. All right, Herc. So last week, it was Si, Pero No. LAFC have won another playoff game, this time against Austin. Have they now finally convinced you of all their doubters?
1: Well, no, because convincing all their doubters would be lifting the trophy, and that's the only thing that's going to suffice. LAFC, that ownership, those players, and their fan base, and also the city— Los Angeles doesn't like the guys who are almost there, the people who almost did it. They like the winners. They like the trophy lifters. That's what it's about. But wow, that was a thrashing against Austin. I did not expect that. C. Chirondolo and his men came out to play. And from the opening minute, everything C. Chirondolo touched, moved, worked out for him. Eddie Segura can't go, not even available, and he could only play Kalini 45 minutes. Kalini was a monster. It ended up working out. Carlos Vela—he's gotten Carlos Vela to invest himself, to buy in in a manner that which I've never seen Carlos Vela do. Carlos Vela has never been all in on a team, not even the Mexican national team. This guy wants it; he wants it bad. He's been buying all in. Now, I know there are a lot of people there who get confused. This guy hates LAFC because he played for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. The Galaxy. Fan base. This guy hates our fan base because he gives a flowers to LAFC. Neeson in the YouTube comments, Herc is an LAFC hater. He's telling me this live as we speak. Who is? What's it? I'm not an LAFC. I'm, I'm a hater of that guy, that, that Muppet. Because you need to realize it's about good football. It's about rewarding when you do things right. For the first time since 2014, There will be a representative of the Western Conference not named Seattle or Portland, and it's LAFC for the ridiculous year they've had and the ridiculous playoff run they had. Throw them their flowers, but this is Los Angeles. No doubt gets erased unless you lift that trophy.
0: I was very convinced by LAFC. I picked them against the Galaxy. I thought they would win here, too. I did not think they would dominate her like this, 22 shots to seven, 10 shots on goal to one. I guess my question to you, because it sounds like there might still be a, a kernel of doubt for you about uh, LAFC, how much of this was good LAFC versus bad Austin? And and who are we pointing the finger of blame at when it comes to Austin? Because Josh Wolf did make some, I'll say, interesting choices with his lineup he did some things differently than he's done in other playoff games uh he started rigoni started
1: GTA. rigoni's the only one that's different that, that okay. i agree with you yes and that okay. was a big one because ethan finley the verticality what he can give you rigoni's who's responsible for this loss for austin lafc was great but austin played a role steve here too. Tirundolo. steve terundolo steve terundolo this is what he did what austin is very good at possession of the ball he took it away They high-pressed him, took it away. They made Pereira and Ring. They put those guys on an island. They were chasing chattels all along. And the back line had no idea how to handle Boanga's verticality, Boanga's movement, Chicho Arango and how dangerous to be. And Carlos Vela, Uh, this is all AFC. Austin should be very proud to get here because last season they lost 21 times. To be here today is quite an achievement. But they came up against a way better team who was better coached on this day. They took the ball away. From Austin. Drusi had 16 touches in the first half. 16 touches. An MVP candidate. One of the best players in Major League Soccer. And certainly of this playoff run, only touched the ball 16 times. You have to give Steve Cherundolo credit. Now, you said there were some doubts. I picked LAFC as well over Austin. Not like this. Not like this. And the only doubt I have is because of who they play.
0: All it's right, Philly. Uh, Ivan Uribe. Ivan Uribe has something in the chat here. He says, Herc is a galaxy Lover. There we have it. The truth is always in the comments on YouTube. That's one thing we know here on Football Americas. So, all right, uh, let's show you the CONCACAF Champions League spots that have been uh, clinched over the weekend. Oh, no. No? Yes, let's show you the uh, CONCACAF Champions League spots. Yeah. <laughs> that are clinched for next year. LAFC, Philly, Austin, Vancouver. Remember, they won the Canadian Championship. Uh, And Orlando City, who of course won the Open Cup, we were there for that final, also clinching a spot in next year's Concacaf Champions League. So there you see, there you go, Austin. MLS entries for now, yeah. Austin getting in as well, despite the fact that they lost. So uh, we've got the Concacaf Champions League entrance for next year set. We also have the MLS Cup final set. LAFC hosting the Philadelphia Union next Saturday. Herc, is it a dream final for Major League Soccer?
1: Uh, no. It's a final with Sporting Justice because the two best teams in the league are going to face each other. All right, what's your dream final then? What's your dream final? Can I be honest? You can't have a dream final as long as this stupid conference thing exists. It is the stupidest thing to have conferences Mm -hmm. in soccer. You're going to celebrate and lift a trophy for winning a semifinal. You're going to put plastic up in the locker room and pop the bottles for winning a semifinal. You will never have a Galaxy versus LAFC dream final, a Seattle versus Portland, a Montreal versus Toronto. You will never have those dream finals because of these stupid conferences. It just irritates me Mm -hmm. how you want to change a sport in such a – and I don't even want to say American way, but to duplicate other sports because you think that's the only way that's that it's palpable for, for fans here in the States. It's not. I know many fans would love to see a final like the LA Galaxy versus LAFC or like mm. Seattle versus Portland. That's mm. a dream final. That yeah. is a dream final scenario, not these conferences. Okay,
0: I, I like the point you're making here, right? You'd rather see like a huge rivalry with all the marbles on the line. That's a true dream final. And probably that would deliver a bigger rating, although I guess we'll have to to wait and see on this one. In terms of boxes that you could check to call this a dream final, there's some big ones, right? It's two very big media markets. Los Angeles and Philadelphia, very important, very big media markets there. It's opposites, opposite styles of franchises, right? There's easy narrative there. You have the team that doesn't spend a lot. Philly, 27th in spending her. Only one team spends less than the Philadelphia Union. Meanwhile, LAFC is top five. LAFC is where all the star power is. Some of it might not be playing in this game, but kind of that's another Only another topic. Dig. To, to me, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why this is a very interesting and exciting matchup for MLS. The one complaint I would have here is the star power, because if Bale doesn't play, then unless you're a fan of Mexico and Carlos Vela, there's not really a lot of stars in this game, and you want Ooh. stars in a final. What?
1: You think only Mexican fans think Carlos Vela's a star or want to see Carlos Vela? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, Carlos
0: Vela's not a star to everybody. He's not a star to everybody. In Major you... League
1: Soccer, he is. This man is a record holder. He's historic in Major League Soccer. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I'm going to warn you just once. There is okay. star power show me here. those
0: ratings. Show me those Carlos Vela-inspired ratings. I'll wait for them.
1: Well, when you look at these Clásicos, when you look at LAFC, that's another story. That's another story. But you don't have to have the star power for it to be a dream file. I think the narratives you broke down are very accurate, Seb. Uh, cartera versus Cantera. There's two certain ways of doing things in Major League Soccer, at least... What we've seen, the new model and Philly is not of that life. They are of production, uh, of, of producing the homegrowns, uh, of being intelligent, not even moneyball, because it's not about being frugal, it's about being intelligent. I think that's something that, that goes to, or should be said um, that, I mean, it deserves its accolades. And at LAFC, they've come out and just splashed everywhere and on everything. So, two contrasting styles that I think are attractive for the eye.
0: Bottom line, it's the two best teams in their respective conferences. First time that's happened, those two teams reaching MLS Cup since 2003, whether we call it a dream final or not. Speaking of dreams, Herc, speaking of dreams. David Ornstein of The Athletic reporting that Inter-Miami is, quote, the most advanced option for Lionel Messi ahead of his contract with PSG expiring next summer. Ornstein also reporting there is interest from PSG in keeping and Barcelona in reacquiring Messi in the summer of 2023. Herc, this is not the first Lionel Messi to enter Miami rumor. Are you buying this one, though? Hell
1: yeah, I'm buying it. You case this is as close as you're going to get to it. Like, listen, the Athletic's a very credible source. Mm-hmm. We've already seen uh, Jorge Messi Leonel Messi's father reports of him meeting Don Garber, Commissioner Don Garber of Major League Soccer in Las Vegas during the Gold Cup final. If you attract this type of player, it's for what you can give him. And what I mean give him is not just lifestyle. He's talking about a project. And when you talk about Barcelona and PSG, yes, they can certainly be there. But after this World Cup, It will certainly be his last World Cup. Win or lose is the last time you see Messi at a World Cup. That may be very sad, but it will put things in perspective for Lionel Messi. How much more can you do? You've won everything there is to win. Now you can go on to the second phase of your life, of your professional life and your personal life. That includes your family and that includes your business aspirations. He can go a la mode or a la lane like David Beckham. David Mm. Beckham was given a franchise in Major League Soccer. I could see a situation when there is equity given to Lionel Messi as a future potential owner in Major League Soccer that makes this quite an attractive offer. I could definitely see him here.
0: Yep. 100% I am buying this report. 100% I believe he will be here in 2023, and I believe, Herc, it'll be in the summer. I have it on very good authority that this conversation is not only happening at the highest levels, of Inter-Miami's front office. It's happening at the highest levels of Major League Soccer's front office. And so, I tell you, I don't think it'll be a team, Herc. I think it'll be some other type of asset that Lionel Messi ends up getting, land, real estate, something like that. We know MLS stadiums always have real estate around them. uh, That'll end up being the big part of the deal here for Lionel Messi to become a part of Inter Miami. But I really, truly believe that this is the moment, and even though PSG has all the money, and even though uh, Barcelona has all the nostalgia, Inter Miami has something that no one else can offer Messi.
1: I'd never said Inter Miami. Oh,
0: oh, okay, who's it gonna be? I'm Just saying, I am
1: just saying, there are franchises out there yet to be named.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, One more thing here is I think this is definitely needed Major League Soccer. For those that follow the league on, on kind of a uh, an in the weeds basis, you know they have this new TV deal where they're going to Apple. the The amount of interest Herc, in Major League Soccer is really going to be tested. Now we're going to find out how many people really want to watch this league. You know how you get folks to su- subscribe Star for something they got to pay extra for? Yeah, you bring in a Lionel Messi, you bring in a Cristiano Ronaldo. So. Uh, MLS needs to do something like this in 2023 as they open up we're, that we're TV bo- deal
1: We're Apple. both on the same wavelength here. This is a game changer for Major League Soccer, the same level of David Beckham, how he mm-hmm. changed the game for Major League Soccer back then. And by the way, by the
0: way, this show's been very critical of David Beckham. We've been asking, where is that big signing? This would be it. And according to the report from Ornstein here in The Athletic, David Beckham is a big part uh, of these discussions. So let's see if he can finally, Herc, land the big fish. Way to take a shot at Pizarro. Okay. All right, let's transition to the international scene. With an injury watch for the U.S. men's national team. Ugh, we do this way too often. Matt Turner has uh, missed a couple games with tightness in his groin. Really just the uh, the one Europa League match that he probably would have played in, but still uh, this for Matt Turner. Hopefully a minor injury uh, for the American and Arsenal goalie. Speaking of minor injuries, Similar hope for American forward Josh Sargent seems to have picked up a minor calf injury. The 22-year-old did not dress for Norwich City's game against Stoke City over the weekend. You know, he is one of the hotter number nines in the American pool. Those are kind of minor injury concerns, but there are some that are more serious. In the American midfield, Luca della Torre for Celta Vigo is out three weeks with a muscle tear, which very much puts his World Cup in doubt. Certainly the opener for the U.S. against Wales. Look at that La Torre, out for three weeks with a muscle tear. More midfield bad news. Weston McKinney out at least two weeks, at least two weeks with a muscle strain in his thigh. It was suffered, obviously, while playing for Juventus and Serie A against Lecce on Saturday. So Weston McKinney then out at least two weeks with the World Cup looming to the United States men's national team. All right, Herc, let's focus in on that last injury. It feels like the most important. Who do you think is the best candidate right now? And Luca Della Torre probably on that injury list. So he's not a candidate to replace McKinney if indeed the U.S. doesn't have him for that opener against Wales.
1: Let me just say, Right after that, you you don't replace Weston McKinney um, okay. for many different uh, aspects. There's no like-for-like like with Weston McKinney. His contagious play, box-to-box, offense-defense, what he can give you uh, in that final third. Getting on the end of things because he happens to be a goal scorer. He scores his fair amount of goals. There's nobody you could duplicate that action with. And I also don't think he's going to miss that because everything I've seen of Weston McKinney is he's, he's, – a physical freak of nature. He comes back way before all these timelines are ever uh, met. So that said, the only person I can think of would be a Brendan Aronson. Hmm. Uh, Giovanni Reyna crossed my mind, but you don't want to risk Giovanni Reyna right now with uh, his health in a position that's so demanding, and he may not be a starter for you. So you go a Brendan Aronson with that work. rate a Brendan Aronson who has the box-to-box mentality. We'll give you an honest fi- uh, fi- uh, excuse me, uh, shift. But he is so creative. He has that technical ability in the final third. He can create for you. He can also produce for you, whether it's goals or assists. He seems to be a player that's played there before that I feel comfortable with in that eighth position that can give you Weston McKinney-like sequences mm-hmm. or in productivity, but also that defensive discipline where you're not losing too much. Because if not, you're talking about a Kellen Acosta and you're going double pivot, and I think that changes the posture of this team a a little bit too much to more of a defensive uh, posture. So I would go with Brendan Aronson.
0: I like the Brendan Aronson shout. I like the idea of moving an attacking player inside, you know, maybe one of those wingers into an eight. I think this is why, Herc, a guy like Tim Weah is so important that he gets back to health and back to form for the U.S. men's national team because he is a difference maker out wide. And if you have a Tim Weah, then it allows you to, whether it's a Brendan Aronson, or a Gio Reyna, or I don't know, would you even maybe put Christian Pulisic into that conversation? You've got guys out wide who you can move centrally if indeed you don't have a Weston McKinney. I will pull back the curtain here because I want people to know that your first choice was actually Kellen Acosta, right? right? Before you changed to Brendan Aronson. Um, you've obviously My pointed out, out what, what, loud choice, right? Yes. Um, you've obviously pointed out why you would go with Aaronson over Acosta. What was it about Acosta's game uh, that made you pick him first? Because he was actually the first person that I thought of as the closest thing to a like for like.
1: Because I went closest thing to a like right. for like, but okay. then I realized there is no like for like for Weston McKinney. And everything that he could provide for you and Kellen Acosta is a very good insurance policy. He is. And he's a very good player to plug in there if you need to close out a game or if you want to have more of a defensive posture. And there is no better player at Brown and Mosiery, Housery, and all of CONCACAF than Kellen Acosta. So I am there for these games that he does or deploys. But you need something else at the World Cup level. You can't just be all defend and absorb. You need to have a player with creativity. You have a player that has a good work weight. You need to have somebody that can produce something, sometimes out of nothing, because that will be the difference in these games when it's so tightly contested. That's a Brendan Aronson for me. He just seems to be one of those guys that the U.S. jersey comes on and there seems to be a little cape flowing behind him. He, he comes up for these big moments. All
0: right, uh, David Harris in the YouTube chat says, at this rate, Herc might get the call-up to go to Qatar Uh, with all of the injuries. Uh, No doubt about that. The injuries certainly starting to pile up or at least this weekend it really felt like they did for the U.S. men's national team. I've seen you run around. I know you still got it in you. (laughs) All right, uh, let's focus elsewhere in the Premier League, right? Because we know Weston McKinney has been linked to Spurs. Brendan Aaronson, Tyler Adams, Jesse Marsh and Leeds facing Liverpool at Anfield over the weekend. Brilliant start. Remember we told you Jesse Marsh might be in trouble at Leeds but Rodrigo Moreno puts
1: Leeds up one-nothing. I mean, that's a gift that I would love. To, it never happened in my career, Seb. Never one of those. It's that Leeds Press.
0: Yeah, it 14th is. 14th minute. Mo Salah levels it for Liverpool.
1: One-one. I mean, what are you going to do? It's Mo Salah. Maybe a little tighter right there to defend, but all alone naked in the back door.
0: Remember John Champion on the show last week told us this wasn't actually the big game. It was the Bournemouth game coming up. Oh, no, this is the big one because in the 89th minute, Somerville gets the game winner 2-1, leads with three huge
1: points at Anfield. And it's a golazo, maybe a fortunate circumstantial golazo, but he finishes it like he's Romario. Look at that. So leads up
0: to 15 with the three points, one point clear of the relegation zone as we check dimensions. Uh, Jesse Marsh on Instagram got the blue check. He's verified explaining the... Epic celebration. Even his wife uh, asking him what exactly was going on. But I think you see in the celebration exactly just how big the win was. Let's hear more from Marsh post game.
4: You sound very calm, considering you've just won Anfield, under the pressure you were under.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I've believed in this group. Um, we should, Like I said, we shouldn't be in this situation. If you look at the metrics, we should not be in this situation. But we are, and we've tried to maximize it at
1: all moments. Um, and we needed something like this, and, and now we've got to stay strong. We're, you know, it's just we're, we're still in a process here of trying to build something uh,
0: that's, that's still new. Um, and you can see in our, like I've been saying lately, in our good moments were we're really good um and then in our bad moments we look too vulnerable naive but today we we reduced the bad moments and increased the good moments and then we were able to get a result you said we needed something like that you personally did you need something like that Listen, everybody's made a big deal about me and firing me and i'm the problem but the board has been with me we've all been unified we've stuck together um so you know again this is we it's always we All right, Herc, the YouTube comments coming in. Edwin says, Liverpool also lost to Nottingham Forest, though. Is that something to really be proud of? The team uh, isn't doing well. Look, it's it's still a big win. The first, first time in 22
1: years. Settle yes, down. Yes,
0: exactly, exactly, since 2001 against Liverpool. Herc, what do you think? We talked about it on Thursday's show with John Champion. Did this victory save Jesse Marsh's job at Leeds?
1: Yeah. For the time being, it gave him that breathing room. People are going to say, what are you talking about? Jesse Marsh lost two of his best players in Calvin (laughs) Phillips and Rafinha. That is true. He also replaced him in the eyes of many with two Americans that cost over $54 million. So... Something to be said about that. They will hold that against them. It's just the way it is. That's who we decided to bring in. But also, Leeds hadn't won in the last eight, Seb. Not only is it they hadn't won in the last eight leading up to this Liverpool game, six of those were losses. They were in the relegation zone. This was a team that was, if before this game, it was it, was going to go down. They were going to go to the championship, so something needed to be done, especially with three games to go into the World Cup break. And now, a lot of room uh, for improvement. Only, I believe, six points away from 10th place. Uh, breathing room for Jesse Marsh and that team. They will get healthy, they will get better. Bournemouth coming up, and after Bournemouth, it's first. So you have an opportunity that you can pick up two results heading to the World Cup break. You have more than enough time for breathing room to get guys healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Had he lost this game, you wouldn't have been shocked had he been fired, right? Even though you don't expect Leeds to go to Liverpool and win, um, there's still enough time between here and, and the World Cup break where Leeds might say, okay, this victory at this point is huge because it gets him to the Bournemouth game with some momentum. And now if he gets three points at Bournemouth, no way they're going to get rid of him uh, before the World Cup break because there is only the Spurs game in Premier League. And I think they have got a, a Leagues Cup game in there as well against Wolves. But really, from here on out, there's only three games. So if he gets a win against Bournemouth, he's safe until the World Cup breaks. So it does save his job, as you say, um, at least Brain for now. At least. And I don't think anybody here can poo-poo on, on this victory. A- as you mentioned, the first against Liverpool since 2001, and it breaks Virgil van Dijk's, like infamous streak, right? 70 games at Anfield, unbeaten since he joined the club. This is their first loss. This is a huge Huge deal for not just Jesse Marsh, but Leeds fans. This is this is massive for the club, massive for Marsh. I don't think you can overstate the value of this win in the three points.
1: No, I, I agree with you. Just don't ever say poo-poo again. <laughs>
0: ah, okay. Yes, you of all people keeping us classy here on uh, on Football Americas. And by the way, at the last Leeds game before this, they were chanting Bielsa's name. So if there was some pressure from the fans, too, uh, on Jesse Marsh. Let not it just go. From the
1: board He's, gone. The media He's gone. he Let it as go.
0: well. By the way, did you see the numbers for Brendan Aronson from this game against Liverpool? Oh, 8.23 miles run.
1: I mean, that's a lot, Herc. Look, 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 at, look at that. Listen, I need people to respect the way that Brendan Aronson works, but don't equate this to just a kid who runs like a chicken with his head cut off. He's a very intelligent player, technically sound, productive. There is much more to Brendan Aronson than him being a runner. People need to realize and respect this kid. Great weekend for Brendan
0: Aronson, Tyler Adams, Jesse Marsh, and the American contingent at Leeds. What about the American contingent at Chelsea? Of course, we're talking about Christian Pulisic we got a start, a rare start over the weekend, oh, played no. 79 minutes. Oh, no. That's the good news, oh. the bad news is there was one that missed, but also that Chelsea lost 4-1, or 4-1 against Brighton.
1: Christian Pulisic, he shows you these flashes of brilliance, strings along two, three games where you're like, oh, there you go, and then it's, oh, a bad miss, and it's, oh, you should have done a little bit more. It's going to happen to any professional, but it's the consistency, the consistency with Christian Pulisic. Chelsea dropping to
0: uh, sixth in the Premier League with the loss. Christian Pulisic sure to be on the U.S. Men's National Team World Cup roster, which will be revealed on Wednesday, November 9th, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2, streaming live on the ESPN app. And after the reveal, will be live on ESPN+, Plus a special edition of Football America's Reacting to the U.S. roster.
2: Now, let's talk about the play of the week.
0: The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NWSL Championship, Saturday night at Audi Field in Washington, D.C., Portland Thorns, KC Current, just four minutes in, Herc, Sophia Smith,
1: the mvp showing you why i mean you cannot give sophia smith that much time and space cuts the angle on defender brings out the goalkeeper as easy of a finish as he's she's had all year and the sally
0: going viral one nothing into the second half portland doubling the lead Yasmeen
1: Ryan, the cross, Sophia Smith there. It's an own goal from Kansas City, 2-0 Portland. Well, Ryan with a very good ball in, puts the keeper in a precarious situation, defender facing her own goal, and that's what's going to happen.
0: Portland Thorns win 2-0, and for the third time in franchise history, the Portland Thorns are NWSL champions as they beat Kansas City current 2-0 in Washington, D.C. For more on this, we're thrilled to be joined by Raquel Rodriguez. She is a midfielder for the Portland Thorns, also the captain of the Costa Rican women's national team. Raquel, great to have you with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Really pleased to be here. All right, so I'm excited that you're with us because I figured you'd still be celebrating after all the (laughs) partying. You know, you got to make the cross-country trip. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the flight and then the reception in Portland. We've seen some of the videos. Thorns fans, they showed up as they always do.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, you don't want to take that trip back and having lost the final, you know, (laughs) so we made sure that we would have a a win to then cross country in the plane. We were just, well, we had had a really good celebration right after the game. Uh, we were a little bit tired from celebrating, but uh, once we got to Portland, we had a a really warm, amazing uh, welcoming from our beautiful Rose City. Uh, It was amazing. Lots of people there. To share the, the big woman with us. Uh,
1: Rocky, you guys sure didn't look tired during the game. Let's talk about this final. You guys were very dominant over KC. How did you do it?
4: No, I think I think we've been preparing for this game ever since match uh number one in the season. You know, we always try to focus on the process and growth. And in this final, we just wanted to be ourselves. You know, we we trusted in everything all the work that we've been putting throughout the season and I'm just happy that it all came to fruition in this last game
1: hey Rocky tell me about the atmosphere I mean it's a neutral site Audi field but the atmosphere looked amazing the attendance tell me about what it was like to play there
4: yes yes Audi field was uh close to being packed uh I heard that about 70 percent of the tickets had been sold uh right after the semifinals. so Although it was a neutral field, there was a lot of people from both teams. Uh, Both the Riveters and the Kansas uh, um, supporters were there, and we can definitely hear them. So the atmosphere was great. It was was just perfect for a final.
0: Raquel, it's been a a, a wild two years in the National Women's Soccer League, and it feels like the Portland Thorns have been uh, at the middle of a lot of it. Of course, uh, it all started a year ago with the Paul Riley story. What's it been like being a Portland Thorns player uh, for the last couple years trying to be a professional soccer player but obviously uh, dealing with all of the news that was breaking almost on like a weekly basis uh, about your club
4: yeah it was definitely definitely tough um really heavy mentally as a as a player being part of the thorns uh, and being the main focus especially last year uh then this year um, you know more more news came out. Uh, But I think in general for for women's soccer around the globe, uh, you know, this is not just like a sad thing for the Thorns. I think just for women's sports, Uh, I think this might be a reflection of something that can and has been definitely happening around the globe. So I think uh, the way that we have been handling is, you know, coming closer together, trying to look for ways to to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore uh while also trying to to you know perform it hasn't been easy by by no means uh we do what we can but what we definitely want to see is is change in the right way for for the future generations and for ourselves too um you know it's not easy but but hopefully things do change and we want to make sure that they do change Uh, Rocky, how does this
1: championship impact that feeling? And what I mean by that is, what does it really say about this team with everything you guys have been through to be able to lift this trophy? Mm.
4: Yeah, like I said, I think something that has been key for us is that we've come together. uh, I even feel like in the league, you know, within the league, the players, uh, last year, you know, we we did symbolic things like uh, we would come all together and, and Rally around the center uh, of the of the field and and come close, even though we were rivals in the field. Like, we're on the same team in the sense that we're all the same. We're we're women soccer players trying to make this a a safe environment, you know. So, but within the team, yes, we've come uh, we've come together and help each other out. Uh, we've been through the highs and lows together ever since last year, this year as well. So I think it just speaks about the kind of Uh, Amazing women that are in part of this team. Raquel, I
0: gotta ask you about the goal in the semifinals. Okay, (laughs) Uh, everybody was talking about it. We got a segment here on the show, top ten. Was it number one? I think it was number one that week. It had to have been number one. It should be the Puskas Award winner. It was. Uh, Walk (laughs) us through that goal and kind of what you were seeing in that moment, what the reaction was after, because I'm sure your your phone was blown up.
4: (laughs) Yes. I definitely so at that moment we were losing 1 nothing and I was really mad at that at that because the last game we had to play against San Diego we lost in our home field and so I was I was really mad at the fact that they also scored once again in our home field in a semifinal um and so in this play I remember seeing the ball in the air and I wanted to hit that ball one time but <laughs> I realized I had a couple to- uh, a couple seconds so I just took a touch to make sure that that I could get a better ball on frame, hopefully. I took a touch and I saw uh, one of the players was coming out to defend me. And at that point, all I thought was just hit it hard on frame. And it worked, <laughs> it worked. The stadium went crazy, I went crazy. My teammates came to celebrate and it was amazing. That's that's the kind of goals you wanna score.
1: <laughs> Th- those are the kind of goals you dream of if you're a forward. Uh, yes. Let me ask you a question here, Rocky. And I want you to be completely honest, okay? Mm-hmm. What was a better goal, your goal or Crystal Dunn and that game winner?
4: Don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> No, I mean, I think they were honestly both amazing goals, like, amazing goals, and they were both... I want to say in, Span- uh, in Spanish, I would say riquísimo, like, delicioso." They're delicious goals for for the same reason, like... My goal was the tie, like the tie, we needed that, and it was an amazing goal. But Crystal's goal was a perfect clean shot, on upper 90, on the 93rd minute. That's like, you know, it can't get, we all went crazy. I got on the field, I was on the bench, I got in the field. The referee was kicking me out, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say one is better than the other. They were both (laughs) incredible.
0: Scenes, uh, absolute scenes there uh, in Portland. Look, we got to ask you about Sophia Smith coming off the MVP season, gets a game-winning goal in the final. Uh, This is a player that we've known of for a long time, but what have you seen change in her game during this season where clearly, Rocky, she's taken her game to another level?
4: Yeah, so... (sighs) you know, there's some players who are just born to be on the spotlight. And I think that's her. Uh, it's not easy to, first of all, deal with the amount of pressure that she deals with at such a young age. Um, and so I think that, yes, she has a lot of, like, physical qualities. She's got the technicality, the, you know, the boldness that it takes and even the maturity at such a young age. Um, and so I think she, she, I mean, she's so young and, and her Present is really bright already, but you know the future is even brighter. You know she's just starting. Um, every every year uh, I met her. This is my third season with her. Uh, I've seen her growth, um, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for her. But you know, uh, it, just just the amount of growth that I've seen in her in such a short time at a young age. Like I said, speaks of the how elite she is. All right, Sofia
1: Smith will no doubt be in the World Cup uh, very soon. You know who else is going to be there? Pura vida, los Ticos are going to be there. So we got to ask you, expectations your group Japan, Spain, Zambia. What are the expectations for Costa Rica in this World Cup? Oh,
4: well, I know I know our expectations is, you know, it's our second World Cup only, but we want to we want to do better than the first World Cup we participated in. So, uh, <laughs> In any team in the World Cup is, is gonna be one of the best in the world, you know, so we want to go and compete. That's what we want to do, uh, you know, take it one game at a time and uh, make sure that, yeah, the Costa Rica Pura Vida is, uh, you know, hopefully we make it through uh, to the uh, group, from the group stage and uh, keep competing. Just we're, we're making sure we're getting ready for that and it's gonna be a blast. What kind
0: of support? What kind of interest are you getting from back in Costa Rica since since qualifying? Obviously, it's a it's a big deal back in a World Cup for the first time since 2015.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, soccer in Costa Rica, women's soccer has been growing little by little. Um, definitely more involvement from the media, from the fans, uh, and that also. Imp- implies a little bit of pressure too (laughs) so you know there's more people getting involved more more people following um a lot of people yeah they can't wait for us to to participate um but i still i I always say you know it can always be better i I hope that we can get as much support as we can um we're having a lot of friendlies which uh it's not typical in the past it hasn't happened so i know that things are, are being done in the best way so that we can succeed
0: All right, Raquel Rodriguez, great stuff. Great to have you with us here on Football Américas. I would say enjoy your offseason, but you got games coming up against Netherlands, Portugal for Costa Rica. So uh, good luck in those. Stay healthy and enjoy the title. It's well earned for you and the rest of the Portland Thorns.
4: Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Raquel Rodriguez. Rocky, uh, they call her up there in the Pacific Northwest. Great to have her here with us on Football Américas. The U.S. women's national team dropped their roster for the upcoming November friendlies, two of them against uh, Germany. They dropped those rosters earlier today. Vladko Ananovsky calling in 24 players, three goalies, seven defenders, seven midfielders, seven forwards. Big news, both Alex Morgan and Mallory Pugh, who both missed the October friendlies, are back. Goalie Adriana French also back for the first time since October of 2021. These, of course, the last two games of 2022 for the U.S. women's national team, hoping to bounce back after the defeats against England and Spain. The second of the two games against Germany, November 13th from Red Bull Arena in New Jersey. You can watch it on ESPN2, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Do not miss it. USA against Germany. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pachuca hosting Toluca in the second leg of the Liga MX final on Sunday night. Of course, Toluca. 5-1 losers in the first leg. 21 minutes in.
1: Dedos Lopez. uh Uh-oh. Ustadi, what happened there? Yeah. Dedos Lopez, who lost his mother and missed game one first leg scoring a banger there he's in tears and then we're going to a penalty kick right there That's i didn't think it right. was a penalty and look at that volpi with the save everything going to luca's way Herc. yeah ibanez misses but then volpi oh very next play, at the very next play i repeat the very next play it's victor guzman one timer ends up in the back of the net i cannot make this up oh,
0: oh what guzman. Nice. All right, breaking out the dance moves there at 1-1. One, one. 52nd minute, 2-1 Pachuca. Well and truly in charge now, Herc.
1: I mean, off a set piece, it's a set play, it's a trick play, and you do that at home, and then I thought this was a little much. Just a little salt in the wound. It is a handball. We're going to the spots. Not going to miss from there. It was a riot. The fan base going crazy. It's over there you have it
0: pachuca 3-1 winners on the night eight to two winners on aggregate their seventh liga MX title in the era of the torneo corto or a shortened tournament pachuca dominant uh, in liga MX when it comes to the tournaments Since the mid-90s. For more on this, we welcome in our colleague. You see him frequently on Ahora Nunca over on ESPN Deportes. Ooh, rocking the the new Mexico kit, Mauricio Pedrosa. Show us what you're dripping there. That's definitely not tripping.
3: I was told to wear something uh, scary, horrific, and uh, that's the only thing that I could think of. Uh, right, <laughs> the, the Mexican national team jersey for the upcoming World Cup. Boo! I know, I know. Yes. And he didn't even have to do that. It was already <laughs> scary enough.
0: I'm already I'm already sweating bullets uh, over here just thinking about it. Okay, uh, we're supposed to talk a little bit about Pachuca and the, and the great franchise that they are, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least yeah. give Herc a moment here to pat himself on the back. He has been calling for Pachuca to be the Liga Mequis title since the very beginning. I believe he did it, actually, On Ahora Nunca, Herc, so here's your moment. Here is your moment to gloat and tell us all that you told us so.
1: Listen, I said Nico Baños, campeón de goleo, golden boot. He won it. I said Pachuca would win. They won it. It's no big deal. It happens. Yes, just no big deal. It happens,
0: Mal. From time to time, Hercules Gomez gets one right. I know you know it's rare having worked with him uh, as long as you have over there at Ahora Nunca. Let's go big picture. Happy Halloween. Let's go big picture on uh, Pachuca here. That'd are they Halloween. the best-run organization, Mao, in all of Liga MX? We have not just the back-to-back finals, but the constant production uh, of talent. They don't spend as much as some of the big boys in Mexico, yeah. and yet there they are. We just saw the record seventh uh, title since the short tournaments were introduced. Are they the best-run team in Liga MX?
3: No, it's very easy to become a prisoner of the moment, but I don't think any club deserves that label. Oh. Because in Liga MX, in the past five years, we've had seven different champs. Mm. So there's, we, we cannot point at just one club and say, this is the model on the, every other team should actually try it and imitate. They are one of the best, for sure. And they have been one of the best since 1995 when Jesus Martinez bosses, the team, and they have won a lot of leagues. They won the the most important international trophy at club level for Mexican soccer when they won Copa Sudamericana. But let's not forget, they really missed in recent years while naming or appointing uh, appointing coaches. They even have Martin Palermo, Pesolano, etc., etc. A lot of names that were actually very questionable. So they are deserving champs. They went to the final last season, but that doesn't mean that that's the best-ran franchise. It's one of them, but I don't think just one club deserves that level in Mexico.
1: Unbelievable. Are you refusing to answer the question? Just doesn't want to answer the question? Okay, that's fine.
3: Uh, I answered the question. I said, no, they're not. Who is? None. So There's no, no team. One club no team in Mexico is has the, ran well. That is the prototype. Is what of you're how telling How to me. run a franchise in Mexican soccer. I just explained to you that yeah, in the okay, last okay, five Mal, let's go years. Okay, Moscow percentages. We've Who's your favorite? Eight, Who's eight your favorite?
1: Who's your favorite most well-run team? Then.
3: Well, if we consider success also at women's league and youth level that has to be club america plus that's the team that has <laughs> sold the is. most Here players is. to european leagues you course. can have whatever you want i know you are upset because you feel that you belong to pachuca uh, but no man. other team has exported more players to europe in recent years no other team has won as many uh as many titles exported under more 20 players under than, 17 than under 15 years? As Club América. You don't think if you don't want to see it, that's not my problem. That's yours.
1: No, you don't think Pachuca has exported more players than América in
3: recent years. You don't think that? Not, not, not in the last ten years. Go do the math. Go do the math. Are you going to bring not, up not Guillermo? Not years. the Club América. We all re- we showed we showed this graphic in o Nunca a couple of months ago. It's, okay. it's surprising how okay. fast. Listen, there your is no team. There is no
1: you. team. There is no team in Mexican football that has done more for mexican football like pachuca mm. since 1999 since that, what does first that mean? title i'm going to explain it to you in player development in investment in exporting players in representation on the national team in in waving la bandera mexicana at a world level one a copa sudamericana no other mexican club has done that since 1999 not only are they the most successful team in Liga MX in a short tournament, but they also happen to be the most successful international team. Club World Cup time and time after time, that's what they do. There is a clear representation <laughs> since 1999 of Mexican football, and it should be Pachuca. Whether you like it or not, just simple trophies, simple numbers, how can you it's say that? It's not that, that and I if, don't like it, it's and, just that, and that if you're you, wrong. And if you want I mean, to talk about the current state of the Mexican national team, what we've seen lately, Hector Herrera, Paula Aguilar, Chapo Montes, Gulli Peña when he was there, Rodolfo Cota. Paula Aguilar. You, yes, Paula Aguilar from Pachuca, Ooh. yes. You, you, <laughs> oh you, it's just an amount of players that have represented or still represent the Mexican National League. Wow. And if you want to talk about current Juki, players to you leave, to if you want current players to we... leave, give it 30 seconds because that's our next topic.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, all right, so you've made the case convincingly there for, uh, for Pachuca. If I could make one, one point here, it's that I love that they don't just develop players, they sell them, right? They, they move them, and they move them yep. at times yep. when the players can still make big jumps in their career. We saw with Chucky, uh, we but, saw with Acha Acha, and we don't see it Hector maybe as much Gutierrez. from other teams around Mexico. But I mean, when? They've Mexico. done it twice. Who? They've done it twice? They've, Gutierrez. They've what, it about, twice. what about Guti? What about, about Gutierrez? Herrera.
3: Chucky los. Erico fine, three. Eric <laughs> Gutierrez, <laughs> Rodolfo Pizarro was a huge miss. You're right. We can start naming Club America. We can start naming Club America. Guillermo Choa, Diego Rey, Guillermo was 20 years Raul ago, Jimenez. and you just named him. The yeah. list goes on and on. I mean, well, I mean, you name it, whatever you want to name it. The guy I was foreign to America and then went play in Europe.
0: Okay. Um, one no quick question actually. for you, Mal. One quick question for you, because I think it was actually heard that yeah. mentioned Jesus Martinez. Uh, David Feitelson, a colleague of ours with Deportes, uh, has been saying, let Jesus Martinez do whatever he wants with the national teams, right? (laughs) Give him all the control in the world. Uh, Good idea or bad idea, Mal?
3: (sighs) Clearly knows what to do with Pachuca. (sighs) I mean, bad idea, bad idea. Uh, He doesn't have any... Well, I think there's a way in which he can be involved. I wouldn't give him the, the keys of the car to Jesus Martinez because, again, again... Lupa Pachuca also has made a lot of mistakes in the past since 1995. They've won some trophies, fine. They have exported players, fine. Have they, have they always been perfect in decision-making? Of course not. So he should be a part. I don't think there's one person that should run the national teams. There's got to be a group of people, capable people, and he should be one of them, but not, not only him. What, a group of whatever removes this power, this power this power or, or stranglehold
1: that Televisa has on the Mexican Federation, the Mexican National Team, and Liga Mexicans, you should do it. And I just will state this. Last six finalists, five. Five have been either Grupo Pachuca or Grupo Orlegi. Those two ownerships clearly know what they're oh, doing. Multipropiedad. At, they mm, clearly know what they're doing when it comes to creating mm. champions. Mm.
0: Let's I focus look. in on Ooh. some of Pachuca's talent, huh? Because we talk about this uh, as a developing club, a club that likes to sell. Well, which of their Mexican stars is the most Europe-ready? We got a good list here. Luis Chavez, Kevin Alvarez, Pocho Guzman, Eric Sanchez, and Mauricio Isais, who I think is a, a U.S. and Mexican dual-nat. Isn't that right, Texas, So uh, Texas. Of these five players, Mao, who do you think is the most ready
3: for Europe? Pocho Guzman, he has been great for the past three years. He had that obvious, I was gonna say a hiccup, it's not a hiccup when you fail an anti-doping test. It's a Big, big, big spot on your record. But I think he's the most talented of them all. And I, I thought it was very smart of him after winning the championship last night when he was asked about why he's not a part of the Mexican national team. And then he started presenting all of his stats he has all of his stats here in his head and said, Well, you gotta you got ask the manager. But I think he's the most talented. He has proven himself to be a very reliable player, not just in the last couple of years, like Luis Chavez, Kevin Álvarez, Eric Sanchez. He's done it consistently. So in my book, he's the one who's the most ready. To make the jump and start playing in Europe, I don't know if that's going to happen. Because he's 27. 20, 27. He'll be 27. I was just about to ask: Is probably, he too old? Probably a bit too old for that. But, but I think he's. Re- I mean, he he should he should do it. He's yeah. the most talented yeah. of that to, group.
1: To, to Mal's point, he's probably the most deserving. I mean, when you think about players, yeah. when you want them to take that jump, you want them to succeed at their level. I mean, this man gave Pachuca a title with Diego Alonso eh, in Monterrey at the hands of Monterrey at the hands of. El Jomi Castillo dunking over him in the back door, back post, uh, for their first title. (laughs) Scored two goals in this (laughs) final. I mean, he's very deserving, but the most ready is Luis Chavez. Luis Chavez is a player that you don't quite have in the Mexican footballing setup. A dual box-to-box player. When I mean dual, I mean he's just as good going forward as he is defending, and he's got a wicked left foot. The striking ability on this ball. He reminds me of a left-footed Pavel Pardo. I think he's got lots of quality on the ball. He can be a player that's very good in between the boxes that could be present on the scorecard. And I think the ability to strike the ball. And faster. Way
3: faster than Pavel Pardo. Very
1: fair assessment. The ability to strike the ball for Luis Chavez sets him apart from his counterparts right now. I think it's a very attractive feature for a lot of European clubs. To your point, he's 26, Okay. Turning 27, to your point about the age, there are certain levels of Europe. There is no end game that you have to be at a certain level, and that's it. There are certain levels of Europe. I think he's Europe-ready.
0: So, Guzman, 27, Chavez, 26. It's not just about their age, but also their salaries, right? They're going to be making a lot of money. They might not find as much money over in Europe uh, as they're on currently in in, in Liga Américas. Let's focus on the younger guys, the backs, Alvarez, Isais. Uh, Mao, who do you think has a higher ceiling there? Because Alvarez has been around a little longer, but Isais is kind of coming in, uh, and his oh. stock
3: is, is soaring right now. Yeah, and, and, and there's no question is Isais, uh, he's going to be part of this sparring group of players that will travel with the Mexican national team, so he's going to be a part of that. I think he has a higher ceiling, higher expectations, right? But I, I just think in terms of quality, talent, development, I like Isaias. And his first name is Mauricio, so you can't go wrong. <laughs>
1: Mauricio Andres. You're not Andres.
0: Um, Herc, any thoughts there on Alvarez, Isaias? Hey, uh, Kevin is... Alvarez, apparently uh, Ajax was at uh, Pachuca's semifinal game. I think it's Alvarez not just, right now.
1: I think he's already has Alvarez. that Mexican national team sign. He's actually got a shot at playing in this World Cup, so yeah, Alvarez.
0: Okay, all right. So uh, plenty of talent there for Pachuca. Not as much talent, guys, when it comes to Chivas. However, Chivas do have A new manager, and it's a name that will be very familiar to fans of Major League Soccer. Melko Paunovic, formerly of the Chicago Fire, has been appointed as the new Chivas manager. Of course, it was, uh, what, about a week ago that Fernando Hierro took over as the club's sporting director. Mal, your first reaction to this major news out of Liga MX?
3: I that had bad, to huh? contain laughter because I think it's disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful to laugh out loud on international TV and digital airwaves. And uh, Then I had to check my calendar to see if this is Halloween or April's, April's Fool's. <laughs> it is Halloween, but it felt like this was some sort of April's Fool's joke. Uh, listen, I have to give Chivas and Fernando Hierro the benefit of the doubt. Here's why. I thought they already had tried everything available in terms of managers. New managers, older managers, Mexican managers, South American managers, experienced managers, not so experienced managers, uh, homegrown managers, and then we have this. So I feel like I am forced to give them the benefit of the doubt, but in the long run, I believe this is a deservice for the Chivas fan. Mm. This coach has probably zero knowledge of the Mexican league, even though he managed in Major League Soccer. That doesn't give you the knowledge of managing. And the task of managing Chivas is even harder, given the fact that you can only coach Mexican players. So Mm. I don't think this is a good signing, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: yeah. listen, the the good thing is he's used to managing with limited resources, uh, coming from Chicago, right? Uh, (laughs) What I remember about him, Val in my time from covering uh, Chicago when he was there is he had a very distinct playing style, and this team oftentimes tried to mimic the 74-78 Dutch team. It was a free-flowing football where all of a sudden the center back and the three center back uh, formation ended up as a winger and you're asking yourself what is going on here and it was very Almeida at his peak chaos type of football where you don't know what's going on but you're entertained the problem with that is not necessarily will that give you results it will it will give you eyeballs but you're at a team that is in no shape way or form in need of experimenting you're at a team that needs results you're in a team that demands these results and you're at a team right now that the fact that it's not, and I can't believe they promoted Turko Mohamed and then didn't go with Turko Mohamed. The fact that you didn't get the biggest fish out hmm. there and then you bring a carp instead of the rainbow trout and trout him like he's something he's not is going to go against Chivas here. It, 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 this is a train wreck waiting to happen, and we are here for it. Now,
3: I I understand that Turko Mohamed thought. Um, I don't think that was a great fit, but here's here's another idea. And I actually asked someone uh, involved with Chivas, and I said, "What about Nicolas Mon? It looked like he was the perfect fit, because he also is a manager who can work with limited resources, knows the Mexican league, has been really good in the Mexican league." And I was told that the salary was a problem. He's still under contract with Puebla, right? Still has a year, uh, a a contract year to go with Puebla. And Chivas is not going to pay a lot of money to their new manager. So in the end, again, Chivas was making decisions based on a limited budget, which is a shame.
0: Velko Panovich, four years with the Chicago Fire. 149 games, 48 wins for a uh, 32 Winning percentage. Uh, not great there for Valko Panovic. He did win a U20 World Cup with Serbia, though. That's probably the uh, the highlight on his resume. Let's run it back. Yay. With some three internationals. Gerardo Arteaga in Belgium getting his first league goal of the season, Herc.
1: Oh, oh, my man almost missed this. Arteaga's a baller, though. I'm glad it went in. That would have not been good. <laughs> wow, this is the. You've had these. Everybody's had these. I- I'm glad it went in.
0: Carado Arteaga. That's a good, that's a good finish. Tight angle is what they're calling <laughs> it. And The uh, win for Gank there in Belgium. Marcelo Flores, playing for Oviedo, gets his first
3: professional assist hurt. Oh, go ahead, Mal. It's your boy. Go, go ahead, Mal. <laughs> what, what, what a, what a coincidence. The same week he's left out of the World Cup roster, he delivers his first assist. What a coincidence. Mm. Uh, Yeah, this is one of the, one of Sata Martino's biggest mistakes, biggest mistakes. Edson Alvarez, of course a star
0: now with Ajax, but linked to a move to Chelsea over the summer. How close was the move? Apparently very close. And Edson was not very happy that he didn't make the move. And now he's opening up about it. Let's listen in.
2: No, se había dado un seguimiento, por supuesto, y eh, jamás, o sea, no nos imaginamos que en los últimos días se iba a dar esa puja. Entonces fue, fue un escenario complicado, ya que, pues, allá que realmente lo atamos de manos, no, no podían hacer nada, no tenían un jugador eh, en mi posición. Obviamente yo eh, peleé hasta donde yo pude, tampoco quise estirar la liga tanto, porque pues yo sé la responsabilidad que tengo acá también en, en el club pero pues sí al final sabes que todo cambia una mejor liga una una mejor vida para ti para tu familia que al final es eso no al final yo siempre lo he pensado hoy en día estoy aquí voy por el amor al fútbol pero también por por mi familia para que ellos estén bien para poder tener a, a mis hijas a, a mis padres bien entonces pero al mismo del otro lado me motiva saber que equipos de esa talla pues están están siguiendo mis mis partidos mis actuaciones y me quedo con la espinita, pero no tengo duda de que tarde o temprano va a venir algo muy, muy grande. Las posibilidades existen en invierno, en el verano, en el otro año siempre hay posibilidades. Uh, a mí lo que me corresponde es enfocarme ahorita en Ajax. Si viene bien, si no, llegará su momento.
0: Edson Álvarez, sounding off there, is it something, nothing, or everything, gentlemen, that he's talking about his disappointment at not being able to leave Ajax and make the move to Chelsea? Ma, what do you think?
3: Oh, it is something. Uh, I, I give him a lot of props because of the way that he responded to that question. It's a very hard spot for a player in his position to try to navigate being ambitious, but at the same time respectful with his club. And I believe he did that perfectly. And I understand that. Whenever whenever a club like, like Chelsea knocks on your door, it, it maybe doesn't happen again. You never know. And you want to take that opportunity. But I think he was very smart in saying, listen, the club maybe wasn't ready to let me go. Uh, they had already they had already sold a lot of good players. They don't have a replacement for someone like Edson Alvarez. It is something that a club like Chelsea was serious about signing him. But again, it's not, it's not everything because I believe with his talent, he's going to have another shot at a great club.
1: That's why it's everything. You just said it. You may not have another shot at a Chelsea. You may not mm. find another club... That's a necessity of a player of your attributes and willing to spend $50 million. That's life-changing money for Edson Alvarez. That's $5 million with the transfer fee right off the bat into your wallet for your family. It changes your life. And he's going out of his way here to send a message. I mean, this could even be shots fired. He doesn't have to say what he said. He doesn't have to no. disclose to the world his personal discomfort with the situation. He's letting people know what happened and how he feels and he didn't have to do that. This is why it's everything. Edson Alvarez understands that this was the moment. Edson Alvarez at "Ix has had to eat so much just bad mouthing from people, whether it's DeBoer uh, talking about his technical ability or Wesley Schneider saying that he's, not, he's a good for nothing and he only passes the ball backwards. He stayed calm. He stayed true to himself and to his game, and he's overcome. But how much more can he do? And that window is closing. That's why it's everything. All right. Uh, to your point, gentlemen.
0: No, uh, one close.
1: door closes,
0: maybe Chelsea closes. Others could open. We've seen him linked to uh, Barcelona and Manchester United in recent weeks. All right, that's all the time we've got for this. Mauricio Pedrosa, great to have you with us here on Football Americas. We'll see you soon on Ahora Nunca. And uh, great gear. The Dressed folks in the YouTube wow. chat—they really Dressed like the jersey, demo. even though you say it's—it's it's so scary.
4: <laughs> Boo.
0: Always a Kiss pleasure. That you guys. Beautiful new Talk badge. Soon. Talk
4: uh, to you, soon. Uh, Mexican
0: uh, national uh, team yeah. with the All right, so uh, there we have it. Some great goals to bring us home here on this edition of Football Americas. We will be back on Thursday uh, with all the interviews we get from MLS Cup Media Day, which, of course, will be going down in Los Angeles, LAFC, and the Philadelphia Union to play an MLS Cup uh, next Saturday at Bank of California Stadium. Maybe I'll go. He's Hercules Gomez. Maybe I'll go. I'm Sebastian Salazar. That's it for us. We'll see you next time here on Football Americas. Nice jacket, bro. Happy Halloween.